0: All right, guys. Before we kick this shit off, I have got to address something that is driving me nuts. The more of you guys I talk to, and I look at the inner workings of how you communicate with prospects and clients, the inefficiencies are absolutely insane. You're dealing with some, you know, Google Sheets that are duct taped together with Zapier, or just some really messy, inefficient, like a a coach text messages from their cell phone and then you don't know what was said and emails are coming from different. Like it is just a shit show. And listen, I understand. I was like it. I I ran my business like that in the early days and then I got flex. My website and CRM management solution. These guys are able to go ahead and create a custom branded website that meets the needs of my story, what urban movement my company tells to the world. It's not some template that they rinse and repeat and give to every other gym so you have no identifiable digital you know, persona, and then it ties into your CRM. That way, if you ever need to create a landing page, boom, Flex does that too, by the way, right there, built in, no need for click funnels. All the leads that come in there go right in my CRM. Any leads that come in through text messaging go right in my CRM. It makes it so efficient and so easy. They even have recipes and workflow that you can create and install that exist on your CRM. So as new employees come in, you can show them this is exactly what our 30-day workflow looks like for a new client or this is our follow-up and reactivation campaign for prospects. It is the best tool that I have ever installed and I have it in both my businesses, Urban Movement and WTF Gym Talk. I cannot recommend it enough for any of you guys who are looking to step up your site game, develop a quality client relationship management workflow, go to flex.co/wtf. That is flex f l e x x.co/wtf. Schedule a demo with my boy Joe. You guys know him. You know what a branding and marketing and client experience genius he is. He is my personal business coach in that world. I can't recommend it enough. Guys, Let's get into the podcast. Alrighty, guys, it is Stu. It is what the fuck gym talk, and I have Matt Bateeri, the Italian Aussie, on the podcast right now. Adrian, is that is that a cold brew? Is that a coffee you got going?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it is a cold it's an iced coffee because it's bloody hot here in Australia. yeah.
0: I just I just fucking crushed one down earlier, brother. I hear you. What time is it there right now? It's uh, seven
1: thirty a.m.
0: a.m. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is like almost four p.m. our time, so it's like that that evening, uh, that extra evening kick coffee. But cool. Listen, guys. So Matt is uh, he I'm really happy? He came on the podcast. Me and Matt get into a conversation in one of these CrossFit affiliate owners groups and very much my style, I, you know, I'm very aggressive. Um, you guys know that and um, me and Matt just, we, we had a difference of opinion on something and I haven't done one of these segments um, called I may be wrong but I doubt it in a while where I just get people who we have a difference of opinion. The one thing I believe in more than anything is that differences of opinion are the only reason we have anything in this world. When one person saw it this way and another person saw it another way, that's how new things are created or different ideas come to. And, um, and so me and Matt, I think we, we've got probably a lot of things in common. I think we also have probably a lot of things not in common. And I thought this was going to be really entertaining for you guys to hear from two different voices, both voices that make content for micro gym owners and want to see gym owners excel in their business. Matt is a gym owner as well, as you guys know I am. So I thought that was, 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 was. Okay, cool. We're going to get into all that. As, Matt, of, as of last week, as of last week. Okay. Matt, do me a favor and just give everyone, you know, your two-minute synopsis as to who you are and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on. Firstly, um, and I think that uh, firstly, I think I've listened to your podcast a couple of times. I think you do some great stuff. So thanks for having me on. I have owned a CrossFit gym since 2011, um, and, and this is recently CrossFit. just sold
0: it. Is this uh, new
1: beginning CrossFit? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. CrossFit New Beginning. So we okay. affiliated in 2012. Um, and I just sold it last week to three of my coaches. Uh, so I can go full time with the boxer business, which is the like
0: you said, the micro gym coaching. So I mean, that's, so that, that's an emotional thing to sell your business.
1: Oh, yeah, it really was. I had to do a farewell video. And I took so many takes because I was just streaming. It was like Niagara Falls on my face is pretty bad. Yeah, um, I, I'm easily, I'm really emotional because yeah, it was my baby. It was the first thing that I ever created from zero to something really awesome. Built a you know fantastic community, and um, I'm still, I'm still going to be part of it. I'm still coaching these guys, but I'm no longer uh, allowed to drive and park in the uh, director's car park spot. So um, that's uh, probably quite tough.
0: Yeah, sure. That's always an interesting thing for me, like um, gym owners selling the micro gym business. Obviously, I know that's emotionally tough why did you decide to sell yours
1: um so there was three of them three have gone into three decided to buy into it so they would go thirds if only two were keen to come on i was going to stay on uh but i think four owners probably a little bit messy so why let any of them buy in uh uh, i originally was 50 percent owner okay so uh i I started with someone he i bought him out brought someone else on bought them out and then brought the uh third partner on and she stayed on and then, uh, so I've been 50-50 with someone else. Uh, I believe it's good to go partners with someone. I have heard it's always conflicting, yes, you need to be really good at compromise when you're in a business relationship. If you're not good at compromise, then it's always gonna fail. But the reason why I always wanted to work with someone is because I like that someone feels like they have ownership, so they're gonna go over and above to make sure that things always get done well. If you get the call at midnight because someone's broken into the gym, they're going to get up and, you know, drive whatever it is, however far to get to the gym. So I believe always giving a profit share or a percentage share to someone like a gym manager because they're going to then feel uh, they're actually worth something and they're going to work over and above. So I've always had that philosophy. Um, I've had it the other way where I haven't given a gym manager anything and I feel like the production is just not as there because they don't feel like it's, you know, their yeah, baby as well.
0: Sure. So awesome. with these guys though, so you sell to these three and talk to me about, I mean, I, you don't have to obviously divulge any of the, the delicate financials of the business or anything like that, but the gym is doing well, it's profitable. It operates like, so as you were the owner, were you working on the business or in the business? On the business. Yeah. Okay. Here's my point. Yeah. So I, I do this to everyone. Whenever I hear someone say I sold my gym, And I say, well, what what are you doing now? And they're normally like, well, I'm doing this other thing. Maybe this other thing is like what you and me do, business coaching. Maybe it's something completely different. I always ask, well, how was the business doing? Was it profitable? Um, I get it. If you were working in the business a lot, like you're still having to coach classes and be there. If it wasn't making a lot of money, I get selling it at a really low dollar amount to some coaches, that kind of thing. But when a micro gym is profitable and it works without you, it is a cash flow asset. Like, I, I mean, I would never sell my gym because it makes me money every month and I don't do anything. So yeah, why, So, walking totally me through, because I think a lot of owners might be considering selling or maybe thinking about that down the road. Why in this scenario would you sell a, a profitable business that pays you? Did you just want to be rid of it? What, what was... Yeah, great question. Yeah, I really like this question because
1: I get this asked a lot uh, by the people that I coach. I'm sure you've heard the phrase "everything has a price," and I put a price out there, which I knew was well and above what it was worth, and they matched it. And I was like, you know what? I can't say no.
0: Perfect. That money
1: is gonna is gonna allow me to obviously put a lot of money into marketing for Boxer Business. Gives me a, a. the ability to also diversify my investment portfolios, you know, into property, into shares, into Bitcoin. I'm a massive Bitcoin lover. So, uh, yeah, they matched the price and I just couldn't say no after I put the price out there. So, Perfect. that's the reason why. Um, and, yeah, I like you just said, I wouldn't be selling it if it was still profitable and I could just be, you know, raking in the cash on the side. Sure. You're totally right. I wouldn't have done it.
0: And, you know, one of my favorite books, uh, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, you know, know, the only reason to start a business is to sell a business, right? Like, you know, uh, I bought some commercial real estate here in Charlotte. The only reason to buy commercial real estate is to eventually sell it at some point. The only reason to buy a home is to sell a home at some point. So I'm all for that. And, you know, you started this thing in 2012, so you've put in eight years worth of work. And if you want to sell it, fuck yeah, you know, you know, good on you, man. Like more power to you. Um, Yeah. So walk to me about this. When did you decide to start doing box to business? And by the way, here's one thing, you know, we'll, we'll, it's like I feel like everybody who like JP and like Brick and all like box the business is probably the most used CrossFitty businessy kind of phrase in the fucking like coast like oh. end of the world, end of the world. Like a Google search, the SEO probably isn't too friendly for you.
1: Okay, so funnily enough, you said that when I created the name and pretty much had done everything in the back end registration. Um, people were trying to find me and they're like, oh, are you working with Jason Khalipa? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're like, Jason Khalipa's got a business coaching called box business I'm like, what? Totally in shock, had to look it up, and I was like, fuck, I couldn't believe it. Because I'd already done the registration, because the thing is, when you register a name, you're only looking at the Australian business registration, You're not looking at worldwide. So I pretty much went through everything in the Australian uh, side of things, and then I saw that obviously Jason Khalifa had of Business. I don't think they're operating, I'm not too sure. It looks like their website's a little bit dead, so I'm not too sure if they're still doing it. But yeah, that was probably one of the mistakes. Um, and yeah, I don't know, maybe great minds think alike, and unfortunately I just picked the same name. Um, but hey, it hasn't held me back so far, so like I said, like anything, it's only a name. Most people in our industry use their own name. You know, sure. You've got like, um, Even though it's Jim Launch, it's still Alex Homozy. You know, everyone usually, all the coaches just use their name as their business brand. So, look, it it is what it is, but I'm not going to let it uh, hold me back and it hasn't held me back so far, so move
0: on party on. So let's yeah. get into the idea of, so when you get into this realm of, um, helping gym owners, right? So, um, for me, what the fuck gym talk is, I, I love being on fucking camera. I love performing like public speaking, you know, we'll do 10 gigs this year, uh, all over the country. And I, that's my favorite thing. And that's one of the things why I wanted to start putting out videos. Um, it was selfishly to satisfy my desire to fucking talk. And um, you know, selflessly, because you know, at the time, Jason Kalipa and my buddy JP, uh, Brick, and like these guys were like the, the you know the Ben Bergerons of the scene. They were all these really you know the business guru guys, Chris Cooper, obviously up in Canada. But I didn't think there was nobody that I looked like I looked at myself and I said I started in a park with no money. I built this fucking business doing five hundred thousand dollars a year. I bought fucking millions of dollars of commercial real estate here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like I had a really good story that I thought other gym owners would be able to relate to because I didn't go to the CrossFit Games because I didn't coach a CrossFit Games athlete because I wasn't one of the first you know a hundred affiliates in the United States. I'm like I'm gonna have this American rags to riches narrative that gym owners are going to like, you know, they're going to relate to it. Cause I do think sometimes people could look at Jason and I've been, I mean, I've visited Jason. I've hung out with him. That dude fucking works. I was with him when he's still coaching it. Like this in 2019, Jason Klepa is still coaching his 5 30 AM class. When I go out to hang out with him and he's got two people in it and me and him have to get in his truck and drive fucking bikes assault bikes back and forth to different locations. Like the dude still grinds his ass off. But I was I was of the belief that some of these bigger guys, gym owners are gonna look at them and think, man, the only reason you're successful as a gym is because you've been to the CrossFit Games. I saw that as an opportunity. I'm assuming, you know, you're, you're an average Joe as well. Like, you know, you don't have any CrossFit notoriety uh, unless there's something I missed in my research to, yeah, to no. put you there. I was close. I was close in 2013,
1: just to make it to regionals, just to make it to regionals. Sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no. My, I have a great story like you. I built my business up in 2012. I decided, hey, do I put two feet in actually trying to get to the games and you know work my ass up? Or do I get into the CrossFit affiliate and build up an affiliate whilst it's hot? Because in 2012 is when it started really expanding in Australia. Do I get my foot uh, in the market now? Do I build up a business? And do I put my athletic ability on on the back burner because there's no fucking money in CrossFit? So why would I spend my time and energy into something that has no money? Especially, the the money's really only if you make it to the games and back then it was top three. So I decided to build an affiliate and at the same time I saw a lot of my peers go to the games but I saw a lot of their affiliates struggling because they didn't have the time and effort to put into their business because they were putting it into themselves. So I built my business up to 200 members in less than three years. Then I had a bit of a, a mental breakdown, hired the wrong staff, uh, I got married, took six months off, went traveling around the world, brought in a gym manager. We went from 200 members down to 80 members. And I don't know, you know how hard it is to you know, get some members. So it's a bit like the story I've heard, when a billionaire becomes a millionaire, a lot of people tend to break down because that change in money, they just don't know what to do. And I know as an affiliate owner, it's fucking hard getting 200 members. It's hard getting 100 members, hard getting 50 members. So then from going from 200 to 80, I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do? I went back to the basics. I'm a massive retention guy. And in the space of 12 months, I was able to double my gym from, I was turning over just under 250K a year, back up to half a mil in just 12 months. So I created my ultimate retention guide and that's where I started building box of business. People just saw that the shit that I was teaching, which is very retention based. Yes. I do marketing and all the rest of it, but I teach people how to fucking keep members, which, you know, the really good coaches, that's what they really focus on is the retention aspect because everyone can get leads. It's not hard to get leads, but if you're not doing a good job in the service side of things, you're not going to keep your members happy.
0: Yeah. What, um, to to stay on this, what, um, what would you consider is uh, like if for the average micro gym, you know, wherever they're at, what, what's the percentage of retention you'd like to see someone at?
1: Well, I'd like to see the churn rate being less than 5% a month, less than 5%. With the last 12 months when I doubled the gym, we had less than 2%. So that just shows like we, we did extremely well. Um, but yeah, I reckon if you can get it less than 5%, you're probably in the top one to 2% of gyms. I think most gyms are probably like 10, 10%,
0: Twenty yeah, I've got, I've, I've got um, interesting thoughts on that. Like so retention, I give the le- I give the least fucks about retaining members, the least amount of fucks. Okay. And he and here's and the reason being is A lot of gyms that I talk with, they're like, Stu, my retention's great. I'm not making any money. I'm like, well, you have 100 members. You know all of them by first and last name. You know what color car they drive. It's very easy to keep a really tight-knit relationship under that Dunbar's number of 150, right? Like the retention stays high. And then as a micro gym grows to maybe 200 or 250, you're going to see, and I think you're dead on. I think, you know, I generally like that my guy's 96%, 97%. 98, 99, and obviously 100% retention is not sustainable year over year over year, especially when you grow, especially with growth. Um, Mm -hmm. Because everybody cancels on a long enough timeline. Every member will cancel and fucking leave your business on a long enough timeline. My biggest retention push, and the reason I think that made me uh, more successful than others in my cohort and my colleagues early on, was my retention of employees. I care about in my employees more than I care about my members. I don't give a fuck. There are a thousand salaries. I don't give a fuck. I care about the Isaacs and the deuces and the Jenna's and the people that literally, you can't replace each You saw what happened when you get, when you have a bad employee, it's the most toxic thing in the world. It's the worst fucking thing yeah. in the world.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll honestly admit I was a fucking shit boss back in 2014, 15 and I had to learn the hard way. I had a little turnover of coaches clash of heads employ the wrong people where it was probably a bit like what you said you and I disagree but I don't think we you know I don't think you're rude I just think you're passionate about what your belief systems are and that's fantastic because you're going to get a following of people that believe you and then I had just coaches that thought they could run the gym their way when it was really it was my gym and it should be my way but I was too flexible and I gave them too much power and that's where it sort of it broke down but I totally agree with you It's all in the staff. And the three people that bought my gym have been with me for over four years. So it was just passing on the torch. So, you know, they're going to continue doing a great job. I'm still going to be involved. And, um, yeah, I believe that you're right. Retaining staff is imperative to having a great community.
0: Yeah. And it's, well, so it's, um, and going into one of these things, you know, going back to this is, you know, going to where this, when I started talking about this, I believe that I had an interesting narrative, just like you have a very interesting, and I think it's a very, um, reachable narrative for a lot of gym owners. They can see themselves and guys like you and me, um, but then i also I also realized I looked around at the Ben Bergerons and the Chris coopers, and Khalifa doesn't they don't do a lot of business coaching him and JP would put on some free seminars and stuff like that, but I realized that um, I grew up in a, an area of the States, Cleveland, Ohio, a little more aggressive, Irish kid kind of scenario. Um, you know, I, I just, I naturally, I grew up, my, my you know, when I was eight years old, I was fucking yelling cunt and all this. Like, I just had a really, like, I just grew up in a very foul mouth fucking family, right? Like, it was just one of those things, but it was always in a very funny, um, cheeky kind of way. And I just knew that I had a good delivery. So it wasn't just that I thought I was relatable. I knew I had an interesting, entertaining, and I could be educational. And I truly think for content creators like you and me, you can have all the good advice in the world, but if you are boring as fuck, no one is ever going to listen. It's, you know, again, it's like that, what's that saying? If a mime, a a tree falls on a mime in the fucking woods, And no one's around. Does anyone know that he fucking died or whatever the hell that fucking saying is, right? Like, what is it when you think of creating content? Because picking up the phone and and talking into it takes balls at first. What was it about your style that gave you confidence that this is going to work? Or you like, I didn't know it was going to work. It just has.
1: Um, look, I think uh, the way that you create content, it just has to express, your personality needs to be expressed. And it, when I first started, I wasn't really shy, but I think English is my second language. So I um, uh, fuck up my words all the time, right? So when, at the start when you're like, Oh, I was in the debating team. I'm like, I was nowhere fucking near the debating team. I was trying to learn English when I was 10. Sure. So I have str- I struggle con- constructing sentences sometimes. So I mean, I put up a post in my story yesterday of how many times I had to retake a video because I'm like, I'm just fucking up my words. So I have um, accepted that. I just pretty much put out stuff. and I know that you obviously commented that you probably need to earn your way to like, doing the selfie videos. But look, I people are gonna be attracted to the way that I do things. I don't need to like be amazing, I don't need to have the best video, and whatever. People, I think, if the content is great, they don't care if you have a HD camera or whatever. I know it's better, it's pretty to look at. And over time, probably, you know, I'm gonna probably learn a few things off you and probably will invest in some equipment. I did just recently buy one of those fucking fancy lights that light up your face. So I'm gonna start building and probably investing more into my content. But in the meantime, I'm just building up a slow audience. I mean, if you look at like the stuff that Gary V started off with, you know, it was pretty boring shit. And now he's got some really cool stuff that he puts on his Instagram. So just over time, people get better, people learn. Um, and just as long as you're you're being true to yourself, you're putting your personality, personality out there, you're not trying to be someone you're not, that's where people are going to see straight through you and they're just going to call you a bullshit artist and they're not going to follow you. So as long as, yeah, you're putting original stuff out and then you're being yourself.
0: So yeah it's um it's great so you know me and Matt you know in the in our conversation that we had on the on a post that, you know one of my vlogs or whatever it may be in one of the affiliate owners groups um And we're talking about it. And my thing was, you know, Matt has got a lot of what I call face the camera videos, right? And like Mark Bell, who I'm a big fan of, Mark Bell does this really well. He goes for a walk every day. Like Mark Bell's a big power lifter here in the United States. He puts his AirPods in and he, you know, he has his phone and he literally does a face the camera, walk and talk type scenario. And you know, I mentioned, I think the Matt in the comments and or in a video response, cause I, I'm way better on video than I am typing, right? Like Chris Cooper can fucking type circles around me. Um, video's my thing, right? So uh, yeah. in the comments they talked about, you know, guys, when you're making your content, especially gym owners, cause gym owners will look to guys like Matt and me, we make content for a different purpose. I also make content for the gym that they can reference off of and all that, but that face to camera, it's not that it's uh, equipment or gear based. It's not that it's lighting based or quality based. It's that at a certain time, especially in our line of work, I think, Matt, there are so many hucksters who are literally sitting there, face the camera, and unfortunately now you fall into an even bigger category. Oh, I used to own a gym. Now, you just shared your story with me and everybody listening so to give validation to it. But do you know how many of these cocksuckers are selling gym owners fucking solutions to run their business and when you ask, "Well, dude, where's your gym?" like, "Oh, no, 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 well I sold it, man, and I've made a fucking killing." And we're like, "That is the common guru fuck face click funnels for Mosey wannabe fucking Russell Brunson douche that is running around selling gym owners services for $4,000 a month." And my thing was that I think that hopefully I've given people inspiration from nobody, and I don't care. I'll fucking throw my cock and put it on the table right now. Nobody makes video content like I do in this space. There's no one. Nobody makes vlog content like I do. And which is why WTF Gym Talk, I think has had so much success. It is different than what else is out there. I'm talking to you right now. And I'm like, this guy, Matt's cool. We'd go get a beer together. I would be thinking, and I would say to you, Matt at the bars, we're sitting down and talking colleague to colleague, you don't have to get better equipment, but at some point, you're gonna have to change the delivery style because you're educational, but this isn't entertaining, and nobody cares about education. They need to be entertained.
1: Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. I I think uh, the education is more important. I understand entertaining in the same way that you know it's important. Do you, you think, think coaching that- in a group
0: class is it more about coaching proper fitness technique or being an entertaining coach and giving them a, the entertaining hour of their day?
1: atmosphere yeah definitely an atmosphere it does i don't give a fuck how good your deadlift technique is it's about so how it's do the you same goddamn thing it's
0: it. literally like yeah. you having your retention handbook and me having the fucking organic the new marketing funnel for micro gyms that nobody gives a fuck about cuz there's 30 other guys like us that have a thing to talk about this is the new thing you need to learn but i will get a thumb scroll stop because I'm fucking, you know, doing whatever the fuck it is on a camera that fucking, you know, to get some attention. And I don't want guys like you that are actually doing good work to get thumb scrolled past because you're taking a fucking leisurely stroll of fucking past a, a field of kangaroos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I totally agree. But it doesn't mean you're never going to attract someone. The same way that we learn from an early age, the disc profile Certain personality is going to attract certain gym owners. Some people will like your content because you're outgoing. You you know, you do lots of stuff in your videos. And some people will just be like, oh, I'm happy to watch Matt walk his dog and talk to the camera. Um, I totally agree with you. I do have to improve my content. I've just got some shit going on. It's probably the last thing on my mind. I'm the type of guy that's like, okay, something's popped into my head. Let's record right now. Yeah. I don't sit down and plan it too well. You probably, because you've got your podcast, you've got everything else going on. And you've been doing it for a lot longer than I have. You probably have certain, you've got you check you got at yes I've got this all this I'm just like you know what this has popped in my head let's get the camera rolling no matter where the fuck I am oh yeah I was in Dubai more recently and I was just like fucking something's just popped in my head let's record bang so that's just it. the type I'm off the cuff type of guy and um, you know that's and I totally agree I have to improve my content it's just I'm gonna work over uh, work over time. Uh, you know, probably improve my backdrop. I really like you. you've got your little fucking light there. That looks really sick. I probably should get the same thing in the back end. Um, but yeah, like like I said, my style is going to attract some some people. At the time if I change my style, I might see more leads coming for box of business. And it's a, it's trial and error. One thing that I really liked in one of your last uh, vlogs is you try lots of different shit. You test shit in your gym, and I was exactly the change change where the fucking rings are, change the placement, change the style, are we doing the warm-up at the end, are we doing the strength at the end, like whatever, always testing and trying to see what the member's like, and it's the same with my content, I'm just going to continuously change up the scenery, how I do shit, what I'm wearing, do I shave, not shave, Like, I wear shirt, no shirt, and to see what gets a better response, but yeah, I totally agree, your videos are more entertaining than mine, I'm just going for pure education and content, so right now, we'll see what happens. Like if yeah. I see that the, uh, the clicks, clicks decrease and my likes and my shares go down, that's cool. Like, I'm just gonna change the style and, and do what uh, I feel is better for the people.
0: I love it. And so in, in, again, I think everyone finds their style and their flavor and things like that. Have you started a pod? Have you started doing podcasts yet or anything like that?
1: No, but I did see your post yesterday. I think it's a great idea. I have been speaking to a lot of my clients about doing a local podcast. Um, I have not got into it. I've got to figure out the whole tech stuff, but once again, I'm so fucking busy. I've got to find time to do it. I know it's going to be something important, but it's quite funny. I was going to say recently, back when I was younger, everyone wanted to be a fucking DJ. Everyone was like, oh, i have got to be a DJ, blah, blah. Now it's like everyone fucking with a microphone wants to start a podcast. I'm like, you know, I just don't want to be another one of those douches that starts a podcast that has really fucking nothing to talk about. All my content is pretty much on Facebook. I do my videos. Do I need to then put it in a podcast format? We'll see. I don't want to spread myself too thin on too many sort of platforms the same way that I have an Instagram profile, but my virtual assistant takes care of that. I'm on Facebook. I stick to one platform. I try and do it as best as I can. Uh, and, you know, a uh, podcast is probably on the list. I'm not gonna say never, but for now, now no.
0: Uh, so I was the same way. 2015, I make my first video. 2017, um, I'm all video. I've got a freelance videographer and editor. Uh, I've got a guy follow me around all the time. The video content is, is doing fire. And I will not, I don't listen to podcasts. So because I'm not a customer of one or a, you know, a client, I, I just didn't, I didn't see the appeal to it. Um, and then over a period of time, and I think you'll get this too. I had people like, dude, Stu, I was listening to your video the other day. I was listening to your video. I'm like, what the fuck you mean you're listening to it? Do you know how much money I spend per year? So to create visually appealing shit, they're like, well, I can't watch it while I'm driving my kids cause I'm driving or when I'm pushing the scrubber in the gym. So I just listen to it. And that's when I realized, okay, the podcast thing, you started doing it. It's been probably one of the, the best moves I ever made because now you can shoot video and you have your video on Facebook and then take the audio from that and just drop it in the podcast. And you got two for one. I think you're gonna naturally fall into the podcasting probably very, very soon. Um, it's, a, it's just such a great way to leverage that um, versus the you know Instagram and Facebook.
1: Yeah, just, just on that thing, that point that you just said, if you're listening to these fucking podcasts right now, stop listening to so many podcasts and not executing. I fucking speak to gym owners all the time. They listen to, oh, I heard this off this guy, heard this off this guy. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Did you then fucking go and implement anything? Oh, no, I just heard, but I thought it was a good idea. That's my biggest fucking hate. They listen to everyone and anything on podcast and they never execute it. That's so it's like they're spreading themselves in getting all these ideas in, but then they're never doing any execution. And that's the worst thing about a lot of gym owners. They're just really fucking lazy. They hear the good ideas and they just don't do shit about it. Yeah, I tell Bella, you know,
0: create more than you consume, right? Just I think that's a good mantra in life. Create more than you actually consume right like mm-hmm. and you know whether you create more content for your gym than consuming content and how to you know to do things for your gym um you know my biggest thing you know when i'm thinking of guys in our space and what they do i really boil it into a couple groups there are guys that are doing this as a business um and like you like box to business for you is a business correct yeah well, it's technically a job, because if I shot you in the face right now, it would die. Yeah, correct. Okay, so like for me too, What the Fuck Jim Talk is never gonna be a business. In my head, a business is something that can run itself without you being directly involved in those day-to-days, um, and I never wanted it to be. Like my thing is to grow the franchise of Urban Movement and do that whole thing. This is just something I really enjoy, and I'm able to run both in parallel. Um, you know, I, I maximize these hours that were given in a day, and I'm curious, like for you, when you think of the growth of Box of like what is your long term plan? Like people ask me, like what's the long term plan for what the fuck? I'm like, I don't know, man. I might fucking pack this shit in tomorrow, and I don't know you fucker shit because I'm like, I'm like an hourly lawyer. People pay, you know, they pay a monthly vig. They get X amount of time with me per month, and that's it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. There's no long term contracts anything like that, so I can just up and be done with this all tomorrow if I wanted to. What are your plans with Box the Business long term?
1: Yeah, I'm not looking for world domination. I'm not in this for the money. I will always be the sole coach. Uh, I will probably only have my VA and probably like you, a couple of media guys doing some content stuff for me. I'm never going to employ anyone else. I'm never going to employ a sales because I want to have complete control. I'm never going to have probably more than 50 to 75 clients. I'll probably be having a waiting list at some time because I want to keep it small. I want to keep the quality and not about quantity. You know, I appreciate that Homozi can do his big uh, seminars and, you know, take the photo with everyone and shit like that. I'm so about quality. I have a niche uh, sort of clientele that love my stuff and I'm not looking to spread myself thin. The way that I actually offer my service right now is my guys get a phone call every fortnight right so it's not really scalable and that's fine i've been told by a lot of coaches you can do the group calls and stuff and i've tried the group calls but every person is individualized so if you're doing a group call and you're speaking about a subject it may not relate to that person's timeline where they are that's what i really like about chris cooper's stuff How he's got like the thinker tinker farmer that type of stuff and it's true i believe that gym owners are at different stages so if i'm doing a presentation that person might not be ready for whatever i'm teaching so i still like that personalized touch and I give him a phone call every fortnight. And that's where it's important that, uh, you know, stuff and content needs to be personalized to the gym. So I'm never going to look for world domination. I'm not in it for the money. I'll probably never be making more than a million dollars a year. And that's fine by me. I, I don't want the stress of having employees and stuff like that. I'm just going to be a one man band and that's how I like
0: it. Same, very similar, right? I, you know, tell people this is an hourly gig. It's a very, very, very expensive hourly gig. Um, Eh. but it do, it doesn't it bottlenecks. it doesn't have scalability. and people are like, well then what are you gonna do when you're you know when you're 50 or 40 and you're not as relatable, you don't want to fuck with this anymore And that's why they, I'm like, oh well, I have the gyms or I have my commercial real estate or I have whatever the fuck it else may be. you know you' you're diversifying your financial portfolio, things like that. Um, I think also, how old are you right now? 33. Cool. so I'm 34, 33 like we're right in that age, Are you married? I am. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're married. Like I, like there's a part of that life where like, you're still young enough to keep up the grind of doing something new, something that requires as much attention as this does. Cause if you let this drop for a week, like I'm sure I don't know if you've done that at all. If you've dropped off content at all, there's one probably seven, eight, nine week period in 2016 that I dropped off on content as we were signing and I was buying my, that first commercial building. And bro, like I, you, I mean, it just, it, again, attention is everything and you need it. And if you don't nurse it, you'll lose it really fucking quick. I think it's very cool yeah. for guys like us to have this thing currently, but then there will be a time where, you know, 55 year old, what the fuck gym talk just probably isn't as entertaining anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, one of the reasons as well that I sold my gym, I've been doing this gym stuff since I was 18 and I was like, look, do I want to always be the PT, the gym owner for the rest of my life? I'm a guy that loves life experiences. I've traveled the world. I spend my money on life experiences. I don't spend it on shitty toys and stuff like that. I've, been, I've had shit cars my whole life, so I can continuously spend it on traveling, seeing the world, meeting other people. And one of the reasons why I started Box Business was because I was like, you know what? I want to share my experience, but I want to also change your career. Um, and, you know, in 10 years time, like you said, maybe I'll be over the whole thing and I'll go into a different form of, you know, business and, and stuff like that. I'm currently doing jujitsu. One of my goals is probably to open up a jujitsu school in 10 years time once I get my black belt and stuff. So that's stuff that I'm thinking about. Like I always want a, a change of environment because if you always like I personally think if you always doing the same thing, you're going to just end up regretting life and you're going to be stale. But that's just my thought process. Some people are just really happy with the home life and the family life, but that's just not me. So that was one of the other reasons I I changed it up. And
0: yeah. One of the things I wanted to make sure we get the jam on on this is I believe a lot of micro gym owners and business owners in general have a fallacy, a false belief as to what clout on social media and all that means, right? Like, I think it's easy for a gym owner to say, oh, well, look at that chick. She has a hundred thousand followers. She's probably making all this money and it's so easy for her or a gym owner thinks I need to have 50,000 followers to, to for people to care about what it is I do. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about this, this idea of like followers and how it relates to your social media reach and all this other stuff. So when you're working with a gym owner and you're helping them out with their social media, obviously you do your social media for box to business. You've done it for your uh, gym. What are some of the things that you're looking at, you know, or things that you're recommending and coaching these guys on And so, like, my content's out there, right? Like, anyone, I don't want to spend too much time me talking about my shit because they can go watch it on blogs and all the other stuff. What are the biggest, like, fuck-ups you're seeing from a social media standpoint?
1: Okay, so if you want to have great social media, look at what your competitors are doing and do the fucking opposite because you want to stand out. So if you're putting out the same shit as them and, like, you know, Technique Tuesdays and stuff like that, yeah, like it's just going to end up all being the same. So you've just got to change it up with how you, first of all, your delivery method. So mix it up between video, blogs, whatever. See what gets more you know, hits and insights and attractions uh, through like the Facebook and Instagram uh, algorithms and then put more of that content because you're going to see what your audience likes and what they want more of. Uh, this is why, like, I'm a massive advocate of uh, ManyChat. I try and like educate across the CrossFit community as much as possible about ManyChat because once you build up your ManyChat audience, these are people that know, love, and trust you. So you should be giving them content each week, and the open rate of like uh, ManyChat messages is a lot higher then like putting out content by email. Uh, I've noticed a massive drop off in email. So if you want to create content, build up your audience in like many chat, send them out stuff because they're the people that know, love, and trust you, but continuously deliver great stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Look, I don't know what is best depending on each market. I think each market is different. Like, what's your experience with urban movement? Is it videos? Is it Photos like what's being been working. You- yeah,
0: there's there's no micro gym in anywhere in my state that does video content better than Urban Movement and and branded storytelling in my opinion. Um, because we're not a CrossFit gym, because we don't look like one. Uh, I, it's it's just a white space. We just do white space better. There's CrossFit, there's Orange Theory, and then there's an Urban Movement. And I think it's just that video storytelling has worked really well for us. Um, copywriting is the other thing understanding long versus short form, you know, teaching people the story brand, Donald Miller style, you know, micro problem plan solution type stuff. Um, but there's also like, again, like, okay, Alex hermosi So I, had a, I, I have a lot of clients that used to be gym launch gym legacy clients and they would be like, Stu, you got to see the bullshit that's on the back end of this. And they would give me their username and password. And there is a video Alex has where there's a very easy hack anybody can do for Facebook where you can run a campaign for likes, likes to your Facebook business page, and if you, you know, with a certain kind of universally ambiguous image, like a leaf that says love on it, is the example he uses, and you run it to all the fucking Bangladeshis and fucking China, and you run the ads there, I can literally take a gym owner from a hundred, you know, let's call it like 500 people who follow their business page on Facebook, I could take them to 5,000 people following their page in about 48 hours and maybe about two grand, if not probably less, probably about a grand mm-hmm. and doing that. And then cause there's then ways to kind of hunt this stuff out. Like there are ways like, and I'm not, and like, and again, this is, I want, I want to ask you about this because it's either one way or the other. And I, if it's the other, I need to know your secrets and how this happened. So I'm doing my research on you before we get on this podcast yeah. and I'm going ahead and I go to your Instagram. And I look, I'm looking at your Instagram and the first thing that pops out, what do you think is the very first thing that hits me as a guy in my line of work? What do you think the first thing that hits me is when I look at your Instagram for box to business?
1: I think everyone goes for the followers, how many followers I have.
0: So you have 8,498 followers on 81 posts. And I was like, dude, this guy, I'm gonna fucking pay him for consulting because that is absolutely insane. If you go and look at a two-brain business, right, a business it's, that is it, much it is, larger, it is bullshit. So, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, we so, that, that was paid, 100% paid, yes. Okay, correct.
0: so I started oh, yeah. looking at your, yeah, because I started looking at your content on there and you're getting one to two likes and if you look at someone's followers and you scroll through, these are fake accounts. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this guy paid for these 8,000. Now, here's the good thing though. I think this is a great moment to be vulnerable and talk about this. Why did you feel it necessary to do that?
1: Yeah, so uh, I don't use my Instagram. I have my virtual assistant, and she's a she's from Venezuela. God love her. I love you, Lauren, if you're listening to this. Uh, when we first get got started, she's like, "Hey, I think we really need to up your followers on Instagram because then people will like you know they'll be like, oh, they'll respect you more." And I was like, "You know what? I'm unsure, but sure. How much is it going to cost you? Like 30 bucks, and I can get you 10,000 followers." I was like, "All right, sweet, let's go for it." And this was obviously when I started in January. It is probably one of my biggest regrets because yeah, they're not organic followers, and but. The thing is, unlike you, a lot of people probably don't understand that credibility thing. They're just like, oh, this guy's got a lot of followers. He must be putting out great content. People like you do the research and look behind the scenes and go, well, this is fucking bullshit. And I totally agree, it was the worst way uh, to start off my business, but now that it's done, I actually don't even know if you can undo it, but I, in a heartbeat, I would definitely undo it because it's not they're not people that I really want to attract, it's just a figure, and that's, yeah, a, a massive problem in social media these days. There's all these influence with made up sort of uh, followers and they're not actually putting out great content. Like I said at the start, I stick to Facebook. My main platform is Facebook. Lauren transfers all my stuff over to Instagram. I get no traction on Instagram anyways, but I stick to Facebook. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess, definitely one of my regrets is when I started the business was paying for, that, for those followers.
0: Here's here's something, I here's a, a, an unsolicited piece of advice. Because, so when we think of Facebook, what's the biggest difference between Facebook and Instagram? I think the amount of ads you see on Facebook, if I'm honest. Sure, there's that. It just in the basic thing, and I, I coach this to guys, Facebook is copy first. Creative second meaning you see the words and then you see the photo or video Instagram is the inverse It is creative first and then the copy Mm -hmm. because you do face-to-camera videos I think you would actually excel better because your copywriting on your videos is nowhere near in my opinion as good as your videos are Your videos are way better your videos. You're actually the educate while it may not be as entertaining as I think you're capable of being your education on it is is pretty good I bet you if, in, cause I'm looking at your, you know, your Instagram, she doesn't take your face, the camera videos over to your box, the business page. It's, it's really well curated, really well colored and branded. I guarantee you, if you had every single one of your face, the camera videos pushed over to Instagram, that would be an extra probably 50 to 150 posts from the past, probably 18 months you've been doing whatever, long you've been doing this. I guarantee you you see a huge spike in followers because those are the kind of videos because you're shooting them like this vertical, Right. Mm. That's, that's made for Instagram. When you're shooting for Facebook, you turn the phone sideways.
1: Yeah, no, I, um, I think she was doing it. Like I said, I, I don't, I don't log into Instagram. That's the thing. Like I probably log into Instagram maybe once a week to see if I do have any messages, but it's not, it's like I said, I concentrate on Facebook. Instagram is just in the back end. I get all my leads through Facebook. I try and really just do one uh, one social media platform well, because like fucking even the other day someone's like you got to get on linkedin i'm like oh it's just like another thing that i really need to be on um i think one of those things that i've learned from um uh, Click funnel, Bill, Bill Russell, whatever, whatever his name is. Russell um, Brunson. Who's the guy that owns Click? Russell Brunson, Brunson. He's. I think he just said stick to one platform that you're really good at, just from the time, for the time being. If you once you probably build up a bit of a team, then start spreading yourself. But yeah, like Instagram is not my jam. It's not how I like absorbing content as well. I probably like the the text and the image. Uh, I, it's funny that you actually say that. I didn't actually even think about that till you said it. But yeah, it was a great point
0: it's you know it's interesting too you know in in our line of work what we do right so i will work with anywhere monthly 40 to 60 gym owners and essentially what that means is i'm taking a 30-minute call or a one-hour call with them on a monthly level 40 to 60 that's it and but then my other work is then the traveling and the you know going and you know hanging out with jason kalipa or going to cjp in nashville or going up to you know driving around doing this shit going up to, like i'm going up to boston and doing this one day seminar um doing the traveling seminar stuff for guys like you and me. Like we're going to talk about business. I hate the name business coaching guru. I just like that. I'm a problem solver. I'm a dude. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I just like, I'm yeah. a guy who has done it better than you. And I have some things that I can teach you. I haven't done it as good as some. I haven't done it as worse as most, but I have something you could probably learn from me. And you think I'm enter- entertaining and educational. Come see me and you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling, I think for a guy like you, especially in Australia, you know going on a travel touring circuit is very, very like is the is the ultimate progression to this whole thing i think a lot of guys like i got i got asked a bunch of questions i don't know maybe you've been asked this they're like when are you going to put out a book i'm like eat a dick put out a fucking book do you many goddamn vlogs i can make in the time it would take me to write a fucking book even if i spent 20 grand on a ghostwriter, i still could make way more video content in fucking in that six month eight month 13 15 month period that i now get video and i get audio i got the podcast i get the two things versus just the book like to me (laughs) books to me are like instagram to you
1: Mm. have you ever thought of yeah yeah so
0: yeah great question i mean there's been a a, i guess a bit of an opening
1: here in australia uh hermosi's ads aren't getting played anymore because i think the australian laws we don't like the bait and switch so he, I don't think he's allowed to advertise in Australia at the moment. So I don't see any of his stuff still being a gym owner. Or, sorry, so wait, wait, owner, it's like,
0: switch stuff. is like, again, that's an advertise. Is that a Facebook thing or are you saying it's a law thing?
1: I think it's a law thing. Yeah, I was told it was a law thing and I don't see his stuff anymore. I'm pretty like, I'm like, oh wow, I don't see any of his videos anymore. So I was a bit taken back. And like you just said about doing events, uh, the affiliate solution just stopped. Uh, do you know Ty Arnett? Yeah, he fucking solution? moved
0: to the United States and he started doing fucking photography. I, you know what? I always wanted to meet that dude because he was like the fatter version of me with a better beard. I would, always wanted to meet him and we never I never got a chance. And I know he just like, I, I think he hung up his jersey recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, he hung up his jersey, I think. So I actually texted him yesterday to try and jump on a call to see if I can uh, do some stuff with him. But yeah, he was massive on doing the tours and the events. And that's probably something that I would like to do. In actually in a couple of weeks, I'm actually traveling the east coast of Australia to go see my clients. That's like the type of, like person I am, like I actually want to step foot in my clients. I've got clients in the U.S. I'd love to go and see them. They're in Houston and stuff like that. But I'm gonna go see my East Coast Australian clients uh, mid-Jan for like a week. I'm just gonna rent a car and go see them, see what their facilities like, like give them some stuff in regards to like the looks of like their facility. Talk about how things are like more in person. Um, but that's the type of guy I am. Like I actually want to go see my clients, not just do this face-to-face stuff and um, yeah I'm looking forward to that and yeah the option will be hopefully someday to do a couple of events face-to-face events Um, I've only been doing it for a year right now I'm just focused on making sure that I'm doing quality uh, work with my clients and it's just just gonna you know grow and spread through there so one thing at a time you know there's the podcast there's events I mean the list goes on how much you could do but um, I'm always about quality so I want to make sure that I'm not spreading myself thin and Overpromising and under delivering. And that's what I see a lot of coaches do. They promise you the world. And then when you sign up and you've given them, you know, your two grand a month, they're like, well, where's my fucking help? Oh, look, just follow the course and you'll be all right. It's like, yeah, what?
0: Yeah. That's not how I roll. What I feel like we haven't argued enough. What give me so again, I don't know how much of my shit you've ever consumed, but, you know, what are Do you know of any of my theses or my like things that I like really stand for, I talk about or whatever that you just flat out don't agree with?
1: No, to be honest, the only podcast I ever listened to was the Hermosy one because I was like, this guy is so full of shit. I'm like, has anyone ever actually fucking spoken to him? And someone said, actually, you had uh, interviewed him. So I listened to he- yours and then the guys from Mind Muscle recently um, interviewed him. So I listened to that. Like I said, I don't listen to podcasts. I'm like you, I'm an action yeah. taker. Uh, if, I- if I watch stuff, I'll do it. I don't listen to podcasts. Like, I might listen to the occasional one if I'm driving. I'm like, oh, what's been happening in the podcast world? But I don't know much about your stuff, and that's why I was really happy to jump on your um, your podcast because now, now that we have that bit of banter on the CrossFit Affiliate page, a bit like you, I did my research. I looked at your, um, you know, you've got your four-week and your eight-week resets. So I kind of did a lot of back-end. I, ch- I checked out what you offer, what it is that your clients do. It's easy to do. All i have got to do is go to your page, check out who's liking your shit, go to their page, see the what gym they're running, look at their ads, and go. Okay, so he's got this four-week, eight-week reset program. That's cool. Uh, that's like that, That's probably what you guys. I'm more individualized. I don't have a specific thing. I don't do a six-week challenge, or whatever. I talk to the owner. I find out what it is their brand, what it is uh, like, what's their mission. Then we design a campaign directed around what they want, rather than you know I don't have a brand and think that I just sell it's all individualized so when so, you say the four that's, um, tell me more about your stuff
0: yeah yeah when you're saying the four eight week reset so understands urban movement which is my gym we have a front-end offer in the first quarter Called a reset series we did on the back end of that. Just, to, just I just want to make sure everyone's like uh, following along. That's not familiar. Um, you know, Matt went obviously he went ahead and checked out Urban Movement and and saw some of the the campaign kind of level stuff because you guys all know you're able to see every business's ads that are on Facebook. It's there for everybody. But yeah, man, you know what? this kind of stuff is a lot of fun for me because again, in those and here's one of the things too. I know you get your shit sometimes shot down in these CrossFit affiliate owners groups. Right. Yeah. You get your shit shot down. And again, the reason why it's probably a combination of the face to camera, which is very guru like right now. Unfortunately, that's just the stereotype guru. It's the name box, the business. It just sounds very guru like. And I think all those guys her has ruined it for a lot of guys like yourself. That otherwise, I don't think anyone would have thought twice about it. When Jason Calipo was doing it, Box the Business was fucking great. Like, I think they probably feel you might be in that camp and they're not giving you a minute to kind of hear that you're not. You know, you yeah, know what the fuck gym talk Break yeah, through I'll, that I'll, noise.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll stop you there. I actually don't put any of those face-to-face
1: camera uh, shots in the group. Normally, what I do is like a Zoom screen share and I'll actually show people like tech stuff, how to set up stuff, how to use stuff. Uh, like I said, I'm a massive, actually one of the guys in the group, I think Koi, uh, who's one of the admins, um, I recently put up this thing about ManyChat and he thinks that I'm like, you know, an affiliate, I've got affiliate links for ManyChat and it's not about, I just really like ManyChat, I see the power in it, the same way that a lot of people like ClickFunnels. Yeah. I see the power in ManyChat and I'm trying to educate Jim owners, hey, instead of now collecting emails, you can have people's messenger in the back end, and you can be giving your content more regularly. And that's why I really like ManyChat. I don't fucking have any affiliate with them. I don't make any money yeah. out of them. But I just think it's a fantastic platform. And I want gym owners to continuously use it because if you use ManyChat, you actually, like a lot of my clients, we didn't spend any money in January because we know that's one of the months where a lot of people, a lot of gym owners are going to try and get people with their news resolution. We were targeting all our audience members in ManyChat. So we were getting leads and people coming in just from our organic ManyChat. So that's why I really love it. It's something that I really push for for most gym owners.
0: Yeah, the, you know, I literally when I when I first started making content, I was a member of CrossFit affiliate owners in South Africa and fucking Russia. And I would make my content and distribute it in every I'm talking 40, 50, 60 different Facebook groups every time I had a video. And I never had an issue um, with publishing my uh, my content out there. And generally I think it was because, you know, and it's unfortunate, but you say many chat and they hear quick funnels. Right, and then they lump you into that category of, oh, this is a guy selling lead generation solutions, and that entire genre of of a business coach is completely shit on right now. Unfortunately for the guy, the guys like hermosi and all that that have really kind of, I think, pissed off a lot of these gym owners, you know, with. With their own bait and switch tactics and things like that. And I, you know, I saw that banter back and forth. And then I know you did the video, you were in a store one day and talking about the, our conversation. And it just, you know, I, I, I see this all the time because people don't like, I'm not a CrossFit affiliate owner, and I'm allowed to post in those groups. I can literally post, I can go in there right now and say, here's the link, buy tickets to my one-day business seminar in Boston, you fuck face motherfuckers. And they would probably let it go through because I've also made 700 fucking videos, never asking for a dollar, never wanting, never asking anyone to book a call, and I think more people because it comes off as entertaining, and then it's very educational, and I have the fucking, I have the building, I have the business to back up the resume like you do. I think that's where it comes in, and I really do hope that like guys like you that use tools like a ManyChat or a ClickFunnels or whatever the fuck it may be, or you know, um, Scipio or whatever, it just, again, I think it's what we, I think what it's what you guys lead with because they instantly, it's just like, it's like if somebody's in the parking lot as you're walking to the store and they start walking up to you with a flyer, you instantly fucking put your head down and it's like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want your goddamn flyer. That's that's what I think they think of you guys when instead if you walked up with a fucking fr- a beer, they might be like, bro, cool, what's your name? Let's sit down and drink this. And then you give them the fucking flyer afterwards, you know, kind of scenario. Yeah, look, I
1: still think uh, I have, I think one time I did, Say hey, if you need anything, like obviously contact me. But it wasn't pushing box to business. Like I think, I think the difference is you, you're probably right. Gym guys like that, have ruined it for us. Uh, I'm I get on phone calls all the time with gym owners who don't want to jump onto my program but just want my help. And I don't do I don't do strategy calls. I don't do anything like that. When a fifteen minute chat with Matt, fucking link. I just like chatting to gym owners because in not only can I help them, but I might learn something. You do that for like free. That I should probably create content. Yeah for free. I just like Jesus, talking to people. Like that's just what I do. Adam. Yeah. I can I that, like, that's exactly. I know I and that's why them. the people in the group the people in the group don't understand that I'm willing to do this. So like you're always trying to get business whatever. I'm like no. Like you manage. like I have a I have obviously a group on um on Facebook like that people just join a bit like the uh, the affiliate group and that group is organic and I chat to people all the time I just text them and they're like oh hey I'm having issues with sales And I'm like hey try this sort of script that works well like use these questions and blah 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 and that's the type of guy that I am and yet eventually if at it least will say awesome but I'm never like oh by the way do you want to jump on a strategy call maybe I can give you some tips like I've got 15 minutes with Matt and that's why it's only 15 minutes like I'm honest like I don't want to give up more of my time because then it's like fuck dude like Become a client. That's why a lot of people are doing this one hour strategy calls. It's like fifteen minutes. I'll give you fifteen minutes of my time for free let's jump on a call what, what do you need help with I try and solve your problem and then move on and if they continue following my stuff down the track because I did you know I did this really good thing it's reciprocation they want to jump on and actually start paying me for my my best stuff so uh, yeah I think the guys in the group always think I'm trying to sell but I'm like hey I just want to fucking help like you should see I'd love to send you the conversation I had with one of the admins in the group it was just back and forth I'm like dude I know that you're probably getting it stuck in your head. I just want to fucking help people. How hard is it? I know that a lot of people don't offer their time for free. I know it's really hard to comprehend, but that's what I do. And if you don't
0: believe me, then that's your fucking problem. Correct. But like at some point, I'm I'm, I'm getting getting worked up here. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Like you and me want to generally help at the end of the day, I also like, you know, I like making a lot of money too. But I do mm. one thing I think you could hack really well that I found. So when somebody wants to talk, getting on the actual phone can be tough. You don't know if they're free, you're free, but audio messages are my fucking I don't send text anymore. I love them. I I love them. Yeah, I'm I sending you message I everyone. Forces. And that way anyone who comments on a video or whatever it may be, I can give them a real qualitative answer and be like, Hey, listen, this is about as good of an answer as I can give you because I don't know more about you, but fill out this intake form. It'll take you a few hours, book a call. It's going to cost you 360 bucks. And then I, you'll literally have me and my entire fucking soul and brain, a hundred percent glued to you, giving you the answers that I would give if it were my business and I had your aspirations for the entire hour. And, I, you know, I think, again, like, too, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, for anyone in this space, because there are gym owners doing well, like, did, did a good business like you that are doing a good business like me. And they look at what WTF does or fucking, you know, Kalipa or JP or fucking you or anybody and goes, I want to be a guy. I want to be a little Gary Vaynerchuk. I want to be a fucking Simon Sinek. I would love to videotape myself and make videos on the Internet and make money. You know, it's, that's not, I I would tell them pump the brakes. You got to have something to say and it's got to be delivered in an entertaining and educational way. You can do just one like educational, but it has got to evolve over time. Chris Cooper, after a while, if everyone like, and this is so fucked up. I was always a fan of Chris Cooper, but until I realized that he was reading his podcast, I started doing a podcast. Oh, and then when I listened to his podcast, when he didn't have a guest, I'd be like, holy fuck. I think this guy is reading from a screen. Cause he's a great writer. He's probably, he's definitely not as good off the cuff. I can't imagine. And maybe he is, and I'm fucking yeah. completely wrong. But that's when I realized like, oh my God, there is this other element to this entire thing. Like you've got to, it's got to be entertaining or sorry, educational, which we all have. We all know smart shit to say, but it's got to be entertaining. You just have to find your thing. So now Chris has a great, he has other people do his podcast like Sean Woodland, the guy with the sexiest radio voice from the CrossFit mm-hmm. games. Like what a great move. If Chris's part, he's got that, uh, the Mateo Lopez kid, the fucking, you know, whatever his name is that does their marketing, uh, podcast you know, and he still does the writing. You might find that you hate Instagram. That's why you hired somebody out for it. And you might fall in love with fucking podcast. You might kill, you got a sexy voice. You might fucking kill on a podcast, you know, and having a recurring segment. So I do it. Everyone wants to listen to an Australian accent too. Everybody wants to listen to an Australian and and (laughs) like a London or Irish accent.
1: Well, you never know, mate. Now that we've actually met, maybe we could do a uh, South Pacific one where you and I can both host and we can start grilling other gym owners and learning more about them. So, The thing is, it was really great. Like uh, One of my favorite books is 10X by Grant Cordone. So last year, I was contacting a lot of people uh, about, hey, I'd love to be on your podcast, blah, blah. So when you put out the invitation, I knew that you were like, this guy doesn't probably be on it. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. I really want to be on your podcast because the only way I can sort of deliver my message and people can know more about me is through an audience. You've got, I'm sure, a massive audience. I don't know what your audience size is for your podcast, but... I've got to start somewhere. And you know, yeah, hundred percent. I wasn't proud of the, the Instagram stuff, but I'm willing to share my story. Like you said, be vulnerable. One of my fuck ups, everyone's fucked up somewhere in their business
0: oh, 100%. and that's probably sort of I don't
1: lose sleep over it. I don't lose yeah. sleep over it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, think, so, I think authenticity and the vulnerability is the best content you can make. You know, a lot of people, and you know, this will be cool for this kind of content. You know, I've got a ton of content. Um, you know coming out soon like me and my wife recently I've been married to my wife for 5 years and we recently separated and that's such a fucking like that's such a taboo thing for a business owner to say especially someone as fucking alpha as I am like to go ahead and be like yeah I you know we had to make a decision that marriage wasn't for us and so on and so forth and like you know or the you know I've had conversations where you know people have asked me do you what what's your favorite role Stuart do you love being a father or do you love being a business owner I'm like uh being a business owner like, I love my kid. Like, I love her to death. I'll fucking take a bullet to the eyeballs right goddamn now for her. But when I think about changing a diaper or getting to work on editing a video, it's an easy fucking call, right? Like, But there are some guys that judge you based on these vulnerabilities that you let loose. And I think when you create content around it, people can be like, holy fuck, not only is he real, but he's saying what I've been afraid to say aloud." There are so many gym owners right now that are about to get divorced and they are ashamed of fucking, say, like, of making it happen. Like, oh, you couldn't keep your marriage afloat? No wonder your business isn't surviving. Like, there's a ton of bad shit around it. There are are gym owners that have parent guilt. They have parent guilt because they would rather miss their kid's fucking bullshit soccer game on a Tuesday that doesn't mean anything when they're two years old to fucking work and make another sale.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm an oversharer. My wife doesn't like it. She thinks I put my too much of my life on social media. But a great example of what you said is Kevin Hart's new doco. Oh, so good. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. And I was like, fuck, I love this bloke even more. And I'm like, this is what people got to put out there. Like, the, I mean, there was a, a chick recently. She was pregnant. I think she put her entire pregnancy video on Instagram. Like, I didn't want to fucking watch it. But it's cool that she wants to share that shit. Like, I think, yeah, 100%, there's a lot of um, content creators that really call spade a spade. You know, there's a lot, I see shit like uh, right now going, hey, um, one of my mates, he coaches dads, and he's like, hey, is your sex life decreasing and stuff like that? It's like, fuck it's, hey, it's hard for men to admit that, but it's, it's a fucking reality. So if you can like find people that actually follow your shit and actually, you know what, shit isn't great at home. So, you know, yeah. that's why I, I really like the authentic content creators.
0: Yeah. I agree man I agree. Listen Matt this was uh this was great jamming with you. Um let me go ahead if, go ahead and drop where can people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you they want to talk to you about box the business all that good shit.
1: Well firstly if you can give me some organic likes on Instagram that'd be great. That would be for you guys. 10,000 that'd be all his paid ones. <laughs> But dude, just box-to-business.co, not .com, .co. .com, You'll go see Jason Khalifa, .co, you'll see Matt Bertieri. Um And just, just find me on Facebook, man. I've got a free group. Um, it's a decentralized group, unlike a lot of the CrossFit affiliate groups. I'll let you post your shit. You can swear. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, yeah, come see me, Box to Business. I'm a friendly guy. If you want to have a chat, um, you know, I offer 15 minutes of my time for free. You need problem solved. You want to know what's happening in marketing, sales, retention, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm your man. Thanks, you for having me on. I much appreciate it, and um, hopefully, I get a copy of this video so I can post it on my wall. And um, yeah, man, I'll continue some, I'll... having a great relationship.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I will get you this content. I'll shoot it over to you. I appreciate, it, man. Thank you so much for coming on today.
1: No worries. And lastly, are you a
0: Patriots fan? I, you know what, I, I'm, I don't hate that. I like the Patriots because they're so good. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, unfortunately. I'm probably Cleveland, Ohio, just the shittiest sports team ever. But I, I'll, I'd root for the Patriots. What Before you,
1: I go, because I was just, I was just recently in Hawaii. Oh, that's yeah. Look at Patriots. that. Very, very Listen, impressive. There we go, baby. Very patriotic.
0: Very patriotic. Good deal. All right, righty, guys. Thank you so much right. for listening. Boom.